Hello, I'm Mark Watson, the regular host of the Brain Mastery podcast, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to a special feature. It's Clinical Providers Month on the podcast. We're dedicating each weekly episode in February to someone who dedicates themselves to helping others. It gives all of us a great deal of pleasure and pride to spotlight some of the special professionals who are using the Bears platform to improve quality of life for people in their communities. Enjoy this series of episodes. We're excited to share them. In just a few moments, we'll introduce you to Shannon Orr, who has been working with the brain injury population for the past 15 years and has witnessed firsthand how having improved resources has significantly improved the quality of life for her patients. Enjoy this episode. I hope this conversation with guest host Scott Rintoul is as inspiring and insightful to you as our providers continue to be for us. Well, it is my pleasure to be back hosting this podcast as a guest host again, and it's an even greater pleasure for me to introduce today's guest. Shannon Orr is a partner, clinical supervisor, and occupational therapist at Complex Injury in Barrie, Ontario. Shannon, thank you very much for making time to do this. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Happy to join. Absolutely. And for those who don't know what some of those titles mean, and for me, who is just meeting you for the first time, can you give us an overview of what you do and how you arrived at where you are right now, Shannon? Sure. I am an occupational therapist by background. I um, received my uh, master's degree at Dalhousie University, uh, my initial bachelor at Dalhousie University, and my master's at U of T here in Toronto. And an occupational therapist is has developed into a master's program over the years um, with an undergrad degree to get into the program and really just looking at independence and increasing overall quality of life for someone who has sustained an injury in whatever aspect that looks like, whether it's acquired or sustained in, in some type of accident, any type of injury that we look at to address the barriers to increase independence in their life. A lot of people hear therapists and they think physiotherapist, and a lot of people are familiar with physiotherapists. How does being an occupational therapist differ from being a physiotherapist? Yeah, so physiotherapist, which is very well known, everyone knows to go when I have something wrong with my body, I need there's my body isn't moving properly, I need to fix this pain or increase the range of motion, increase the strength, etc. I go to a physiotherapist so that they can work on that body part to be able to engage in my activities so that they help from that very specific area so that they can then engage in their activities of daily living and their meaningful tasks where occupational therapists really hone in on more of that whole person, but helping the client engage from adaptations, to their environment or providing equipment to meet, meet them where they're at. So identifying the injury and not necessarily fixing it, but being able to address their space and address what's going on in other barriers so that they can participate in meaningful tasks and activities within their day-to-day life. So it's, it's more encompassing from that and it's more creative in terms of trying to figure out how to change where they're at in space, where they're, what they're doing and how they're doing things to simplify, modify, and adapt. 
What are the unique challenges that come with that? Because I imagine because of the creative aspect of it, it's challenging and it brings out a creative part of your brain, but there are also some hurdles and obstacles in that way. Absolutely. So it changes every day. And I was just talking to a friend of mine and she said, your job is so cool. And I said, yeah, you know what? It, it is. It changes every day. I'm either in the community with a client, you know, we could be working on a transportation goal or we could be in their bathroom trying to figure out how they get into the shower safely without falling, or we could be helping them to select and assess for a wheelchair to help them with their mobility. So it's, it's just, it's constantly changing and evolving where the use of technology, the use of new equipment coming out all the time, the new, just staying on top of all the new developments as we age, as well as working in the industry over time and over years, we just have to stay fresh and stay on top of things and really collaborate with the team around us. All work together with the client's goal and what's important to them, but really being aware that we're working with that person and just trying to adapt to their need and and which is why it's so important for the client to come to us and give us their problem, give us their issues so that we can help them come up with creative ideas on how to sometimes eliminate, but also to just adjust and modify around that issue. As you talk about all of those stakeholders, which are resources for people who are dealing with some type of brain injury, who need an occupational therapist and may need a speech pathologist, how do you build consensus and collaborate within that community to find a solution? So it really, communication is key. We have to keep that that line of communication. And it's so easy to forget the client, forget the patient. We're all kind of in it and we're all doing our own thing and we're all have our own kind of sense of how we make this better for this person. But we have to remember to collaborate and come back to, to the client. They are driving the bus. I mean, we all mean well, and sometimes we just get caught up in, and passionate about our own profession, which is great, but sometimes it, it's pulling the client in different directions. So to have that cohesiveness and collaboration really comes back to talking to who you're working with and saying, what do you need? What do you want from us? Are we on the same page? And using the lens from our professions to work on the same goal and, and not necessarily have different things to work on, but just really, really working together and taking the direction from the client themselves to make sure that we're on track. And really that comes back to their own sense of worth, but also their view on, is this working for me? Is this what I need? Is this addressing my goals? Is this making my life better in X, Y, and Z? And using the people around them as a tool really to get to what they need to be. The client needs to be selfish in that in that regard. And, and sometimes that's lost as well. But um, as a team, we work together to really hone in on what's important to that client to get them to where they're going in their life. And that can be such a nebulous area when you're talking to someone about how they feel. Have you improved? You ask someone yeah. how they're feeling and, oh, do I rate you on a scale of one to 10? Do I just give you an answer of good? I'm better than I was last week. As you have gone through this industry and seen the changes in technology, what resources do you find most effective for measuring progress? That's a tough question. We've, we've evolved so much from paper and pencil and all of our professions have our own pieces, but it can be as simple as, you know, recording in a journal. A lot of times our clients are very impaired and 
and they are always comparing themselves now to who they were before, right? So it always seems so far away. And it's so great to have a tracking system where you can kind of pinpoint that moment in time and really talk about who they are and their challenges in that moment to, and then be able to reflect back on that. So the technology piece has been huge and our company has been striving for inputting that technology into day-to-day life. And we have programs in place where we can say, you know what, let's, let's track your balance. Let's track your cognitive thinking, your memory, your concentration, your vision, how are you doing in this moment? And let's actively track over time so we can look back and see this. So it can be as rudimentary as a journal, but you know, we're, we're striving for more. And um, we have a lot of these smaller programs and bigger programs that we're working on to really reflect back and have the client say, yeah, you know what, this time last year, I would never have been able to do that. I can do so much more. And they don't know that. They don't see that until you can look back because every day merges into the next. So that's a big piece of, of what we do as occupational therapists is in the industry is really help them with the insight and really hone in on, on their recovery and hone in on the, the gains that they made. Even if it's baby steps, they're still moving forward. There's still recovery. There's still improvement and um, being able to recognize that and apply that to their daily life ultimately increases quality of life. You talk about the changes in technology, and I can only imagine what improvements have occurred during your time working with the brain injury population. It's been 15 years. You and I are having this conversation over Zoom, something we wouldn't have done 15 years ago. What have been the most impressive and, I suppose, rewarding technological advances or changes within your industry that have helped you the most in the last 5, 10, 15 years? Well, even just our programs to document and now that everything's moved from a paper file into the documentation piece to be able to track that we can we can go into a home and have a paperless session. So we're providing them with different types of apps. We have a tracking system within our own company. We have an EQ program, which is tracking over time. We have our BrainFX 360 program that is a virtual assessment, which has been a game changer in our industry where we're coming in and everything's structured and in a tablet form where the client can participate in a research-based program that can give us a snapshot of how they're doing, but also indicate where the need is in our treatment sessions. So we can say, you know what, you identified a deficit in these areas and we're going to work on X, Y, and Z as a result of this test. And it spits it out automatically. It's right there in front of you and you can implement it. And then in terms of treatment, moving forward with a a program such as our brain enhanced and recovery system has been another game changer in our career in terms of treatment. So having something structured, a foundation of up to 40 years of of research and being able to use what we have in clinic, have the tools that we have in terms of assessment, our clinical experience, and then combine it with our BEARS program to provide that structured approach and that package approach and actually see results in a short period of time has been instrumental for sure. Well, you mentioned that BEARS program, which includes BrainX. And I'm wondering what led you there? Because I imagine there are different tools all the time and different opportunities 
within your industry. What led you to Bears? Well, we're always looking to be more credible and to be able to be, you know, the front runners in our industry. And we want to always stay up with the times and keep up with the, that technology piece. Again, it comes back to because it's innovative, it's exciting, it's motivating for clients, it's based in research. We're always looking for something that aligns well with this. And that's exactly what BEARS is, the Brain Enhancing Recovery System really hones in in that neuroplasticity piece and that habitual learning. So that structured approach for changes in the brain, no matter what time frame you are post-injury, um, we have something that we can offer clients in a way that we can continue to progress them. We've often had lots of, of structured approaches, you know, paper pencil tasks, or we'll get them involved in in an app, but over time people lose interest or motivation. It's like anything, you know, you know what you need to eat to be thin and be healthy and be strong, but it's, it's hard to follow that unless there's kind of a structured approach. I know that I need to exercise to feel good, to be strong, but someone needs to tell me and guide me through this in order to achieve. And so when you're injured and you're have impairments, there's other factors, you know, your mood's low, you're in a lot of pain, you're being torn in different directions, you have to get to other, other appointments, you're trying to maintain some of uh, work, you're trying to maintain your, your life and, and your family. There's so many different things. So this program provides a structured approach, you know what, come and participate for this time frame with support, one-on-one support, and we'll see those changes. We'll see increases in concentration. We'll see different challenges decrease over time, like word finding issues and being able to think on your feet and be able to keep up with conversations. These are some things that people are reporting back to us by being able to engage. We're exercising the brain, which it's it's easy to know what research support of what exercise program you need to do but there's not enough. There's not a lot to say, if you do this for this much time, you're going to notice the difference and stick to it. And I'm going to keep challenging you at your just right challenge so that you can be better and grow and improve. And again, back to that whole quality of life piece, because really, if it, if it's not meaningful to the client and they're not seeing change, then what are we doing? Right? So they're really able to engage in this program and see change that impacts them and their family. You make so many great points. And the brain, like the rest of our bodies, needs changing stimuli if it's going to improve. We master one technique, and then we're pretty comfortable with that. And that goes beyond patients. That goes to providers as well. And one of the challenges, I imagine, for providers, when you've been doing something well and you know it, the thought of taking something else on with all those other factors that we all have going on in our lives, it's not always easy. You went through the training. You would cross the hurdle to go into it. What was the training like for you? What was your experience there, training for the Bears program? Training was intense, for sure. It was enlightening. Like They really took it down to bare basics to be able to understand the brain and understand the anatomy, understand the neuroplasticity piece, to be able to understand what the brain needs to be in recovery mode. And they took that through the pieces in in a very, again, that structured module approach that you could take your time and go through it and reread it, rewatch it. 
so that you understood it. And then they took everyone through the program. You had to run through the whole program in order to be a provider and to be able to administer the program so you could really understand it. So there's so many programs out there that you go and you, you train you know, you, you know, the bare basics of the, the program, but you don't get the true understanding of what it's like to actually go through this program. And this is exactly what the training is. And there's support the entire way through and you master those and encounter those challenges, just like anyone else would. We all have deficits in our own brain. We all have weaknesses. Everyone can say, you know, I'm really horrible with names and I'm, you know, I'm really bad with directions. Like we all have some part of our brain where we know we can look at having some improvement or be able to strengthen in some way. So going through this program, we were saying, you know, I'm seeing benefit myself and my own cognitive thinking and my own awareness, but it's, it's nice to reflect because when we're working with clients, we can say, I know how you're feeling. I did this too. I understand exactly what you mean when you're explaining that. So that's kind of exciting. And it was a lot on top of a full-time caseload and, you know, you're running your family and then you're doing this program and training, but it was well worth it to really understand the program and be able to implement it as a result. It's one of those situations where it's difficult to ask your patients or your clients to change if you're not willing to change yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's room for improvement for all of us. And, you know, the pandemic has taken a toll on a lot of people and a lot of stressors out there. And so to have something that you can really focus on your own brain and your own mental wellness is important as well, even as a provider. So that's helpful. You mentioned neuroplasticity, which is a really big word, but people listening to this podcast, most of them understand it, the ability of the brain to change and adapt and improve. You also come from the therapeutic background. What's been your experience combining your therapeutic techniques with neuroplasticity in your work? I think that has been a huge advancement. And the more we learn, the more we're able to adapt. And with the experience that coming through we always knew that repetition brought change and habit brings change. And as an occupational therapist, we really hone in on routine building. So the issue, though, has always been how much time do you need to do something? How many times do you have to do something over and over again to get change? How long do you have to do it? So it's always a question in the back of therapist's mind. Like, I know that if I do this over and over again, I'm going to get changed, but do I do it for two hours once a week? Do I do it every day? How do I get a client to follow through with that? There was always that follow through piece. We give people homework and, you know, life gets in the way. It's really, really hard where this program tracks all of that engagement piece. There's progression and the technology and the reinforcement, the repetition and the constant challenge. And again, that just right challenge really hones in on the changes in the brain to make those pathways connect. So if A to B isn't working, we're jumping from A to C. And we have to just repetitively go through that in order to strengthen that connection. So this program does that in the most simplistic way for clients. So they have no idea what's behind the scenes and how much research and how much support. In some situations, they're looking at a clock and they're looking at the relationship of the hands, it's so much bigger than a clock, but to them, they're presented, it pops up on the screen. We've already done a legwork behind it. They sit down and they work through it with the support one-on-one. -on -one. So to them, it takes the complexity out 
And we know how we know how complex it is and the research supporting it and the training that's behind it and all of those extra features. It's so user friendly for the client. So it takes that piece away and, and the new learning piece is not as daunting for clients as they sit down. So to combine the therapeutic clinical skill set, so we're bringing in a component of that exercise piece and that functional support. So honing in really on where the challenge is. So we, we start with a functional exercise piece to address some of the impairments. We prime the brain, we sit down and we do the intensive cognitive piece powered by bears over that two hours. And then we're ending it all with the meditation and mindfulness. And we're tracking with our brain FX 360. It is a package where we're able to identify the need and the challenges at the beginning put together a nice package program and then identify the changes at the end and progress to the functional goals. And maybe that's return to work, return to school, return to activity and productivity of any kind is the ultimate goal in the end. And this only matters if it's improving the quality of life for the people that you deal with and the people that are going through this struggle. It sounds to me, and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like you are seeing success as a result of utilizing it. We are. And it, it's so exciting. And I had a text from a client that said, I have a brain. <laughs> and so she was just being facetious, but she was struggling so much. And she has, she's two years into her injury and nothing's been working. And she has a clinical background and she's been working so hard and she's been trying so many things. And she had engaged in one of the levels and she passed it and got mastered the program in that one level in the first try. And she's been on month four and she was just so thrilled with herself. And she's like, I did it because of you and your team. And I'm like, no, you did it because you were dedicated and motivated and you showed up and you participated and gave it your all and and we're seeing results. So it's exciting. That makes your day, your week, your month, probably your year when you get a text like that. Yep, absolutely. It's it's really great. It's great to see in such a short period of time too. The one thing that struck me about bears when I found out about it, because I'd never heard of it before, and it also struck me about occupational therapy, is that both your profession and the program of bears, they both seem to face a similar challenge in the sense that they both lack visibility to the general population. Why do you think that is? I think it's, they're big concepts. They're, it's hard to understand. It's hard for even an occupational therapist to put into words what we do. So it's so hard for someone else to understand what we do. It's such a big scope. And like bears is new, but not new. It's just evolved over time. I mean, it's been there for 40 years and it's evolving and changing. I think there's skepticism in, in the industry and Also, it's hard to find resources. It's hard to reach the people. And I hear it all the time, people in the community saying, you know, my my nephew had a brain injury or my brother had a brain injury. We couldn't find any resources. We don't know where to go. And because, A, I don't know what an occupational therapist is or does, how would I ever know that they are well-versed in treatment for someone who had a brain injury? How do we reach those people? And that's all, always the question we have. It's, it's unclear to the average person and we're always trying to market and get that out there, but everybody's, and especially clinicians are really focused on what we're doing. We're not good 
We're not good salespeople. We're not good at reaching out to the people that are needed. And there's so many people that are in need. The work is there, the people there, there's people to help, but we're still not reaching everyone. We're still not accessing those people. And I, I do think there's a lot of people in the community still struggling. Like I need help. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to get it. I don't know how to get the funding for it. So there, there is still a gap out there in, in reaching everyone and having rehab accessible to everyone. Well, and I imagine there's stereotypes that go along with that as well. We put people who've had traumatic brain injury in a silo, and we put people who have had concussions in a silo and people who have struggled with mental illness or drug overdose. But those to me are all mental health. If we redefine the perception of what mental health is, which is literally the health of your brain, but the perception for a lot of people is that mental health equates to mental illness. That's not often the case. Do you think a re-education of sorts would alter people's perception and make it a more inclusive community? Absolutely. And I think the pandemic has changed our thought process around that. I think we're going to see a pivot there. I think that the average person really was able to understand and relate to the challenges in mental health. And so, you know, we didn't have to be struggling with an underlying diagnosis to understand that your mental health and your mood is really low and impacting your day-to-day and your motivation and, and your engagement and your activities of daily living, the things that you do and love or used to do and love. So I think we're, we're at a point where that open communication is coming and it's easy to see that the dual diagnosis piece, a lot of times we have that mental health overlay with any type of other diagnosis it's as a result of a brain injury or if it's as a result of a spinal cord injury, whatever that is, I think we are coming together. I think we're starting to see that some of this treatment is benefiting all of those injuries across the board. And it was found by mistake, really, right? We're seeing that, you know, we're treating the brain injury, but look, the mood is really, really increasing. So let's treat someone with those substantial mood and, you know, that trauma piece, and we're still seeing improvement. So it all comes back to those gateways of the brain. And we're seeing some of our scans, our brain scans are picking up mood in the brain. So where we thought, you know, that's brain injury, but we're seeing mood now. So, so it makes sense. The communications out there, people are talking, the pandemic brought that to the forefront that this is needed. And um, we're seeing that if we're consistent and we have a tracking system that we're looking at and we're looking at different pathways of the brain and tapping those areas that are really important, um, like the trigeminal nerves and facial nerves that really can show us some changes. We can see benefit in, in all areas of life and that mental health piece is, is really important and can be addressed and treated as well. Well, it seems the way you describe it, that the communities within mental health need to do basically what we do need to do as a society and bring communities together. Yes. And it's unfortunate the funding follows that too. We're in silos because funding has to be directed specifically to different pockets, right? So if you don't fall in the perfect pocket, you might not have the funding for the treatment that had maybe a cross-reference for something else. So if we brought things together that would help in terms of addressing and accessing some of those services that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. That makes a lot of sense. And it's only through that knowledge and awareness that now one part of the community can say, well, you know, 
we actually might benefit from bringing someone else into this and ultimately the client benefits, which is what I believe everybody in the industry wants, don't you? Absolutely. Yep. And we we want the client to go back to what they were doing before. And I think that looks, everyone can say that the providers, the payers, the clients, and the clinicians, we're all kind of, this is, this is the why, this is what we're doing. We're trying to help clients get back to who and what they were doing before and find the happiness of the life that they had before injury. So. Shannon, certainly we're going to provide your contact details in the show notes for this episode, but for anyone out there that's listening that wants to connect with you, how do they go about doing that? I am an employee at Complex Injury Rehab and Occupational there. I I service the Barrie and surrounding areas, but we have clinicians all over Ontario. So if um, you reach out to our Complex Injury website, Complex Injury Rehab, you can uh, get our contact info there and um, it'll go right to our administration staff who can direct us to the appropriate person based on location. This has been a fun conversation. Your enthusiasm, it's infectious. Like you've got me fired up for the rest of my day. I can only imagine what your what your clients are like. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Thank you for doing this, Shannon. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the Bears platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. Uh, Training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neurorehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.